0: back to another episode of Riffs and Scripts. Riffs and indeed, riffs and scripts. And for Ooh, the rest of the I think my. going to do it
1: in this voice. Uh, I have
0: 100% just turned my mic down because oh good, as I was doing that voice. I think that's
1: that's. Oh, I, my, I'm not clipping. I am not clipping. How nice is that? As so, I was
0: doing that voice the sound waves on my recording were going fucking mental. I was like, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry.
1: Sorry. sorry. So, um today Amber, before no, no, no we're not going
0: to... I was going to say, hold on. I'm getting all business like. I'm getting, getting What about of our friendship? Amber, how how are you how are you doing? I'm good. Nice. So, updates i've officially finished teaching from home and this week i go back to teaching in person i've also lined up some filming for myself because i feel like i just have this habit where i always take on just one too many things this is true (laughs) so i took i took a lateral flow test yesterday for the first time that's too many things already that was an experience because i was sat there like ready for it to be a bit uncomfortable ready for it to like tickle or hurt but you know what happened When I did the swab up my nose, it wasn't that it was uncomfortable. It was that my nose decided that it didn't want something in there. And I started uncontrollably sneezing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like like savagely, like, like over and over and over again. My nose, like the little hairs or whatever it is that makes your nose go, I don't like this. Went fucking yep. nuts. My eyes were watering. It was it was so weird. I love it. But it came up negative, which is good because I'm teaching in person this week and I'm doing um, some filming with my agency this week. So Yeah, I
1: saw some um, things. You're doing some, uh, you're working on some stuff that's nice on your instagram
0: oh that was that's a project that i've done that i haven't brought up yet i haven't brought it up yet mainly because um i don't i don't know i haven't thought of like the perfect time to but what that was was uh what's known as a rehearsed reading Uh and i was thinking we could do um, a guest episode with the director about what a rehearsed reading is um, but quick quick um, quick one since we brought it up it's basically when uh, a theatre company wants to put on a play and um, they want to have some kind of adaptation something that makes it their own or it's originally written anything along those lines yeah. and really any play should have something that makes it their own and an R D is the like shortened name for it is where you get a group of actors that, that just block some of it that c- put, bring a little bit of it to life yeah. sometimes you you read it out loud and already you hear stuff that you want to edit. Uh, so it was so what the theater company then does is ideally would have an audience in obviously we didn't of people that could potentially help get it off the ground yeah, of whether that's venues producers investors you know things like that the it's like a it's like a pitch it's like here's the production idea here's how much we were able to do in five days imagine how much we could do if we really went with it so that's what we did but we record but the company recorded it obviously so that we didn't have people in and um, hopefully they they're amazing Project can can get off the ground because I think it would be amazing. But I'm gonna leave that there for today, and bath, maybe bath. we can like get into that one in more yeah, detail on yeah, another certainly. day. Oh, I know I'm a flirt, aren't I? That's <laughs> flirt. Just um, just
1: just just give us a little teaser, little tozer no just,
0: just, I mean. just a little, little I, um, taste, little amuse bouche. I'll amuse your bouche.
1: I actually saw Knife for the first time in person uh, the other day. For the first did you time lick his face? In- i would have done um had he allowed me to had the had the law allowed me to but i did not um which was sad i also it's so it was good it was just uh, we didn't actually do any music to be honest we just kind of hung out because we've just not done it in so long but um yeah so so not much musically going on for me since our last podcast i went for a run yesterday and now everything hurts, so that's nice. Yeah, um, yeah. Because Cole hath not been exercising in a long while. I used to go to the gym before um, everything happened about a year ago. So, uh, yeah, I'm. Um, my body's falling apart. And it's really, really falling apart this morning, which is good. And here's the weird thing. So we're recording this, um, obviously, ahead of it going away. And it's snowing today. And yesterday I was wearing a T-shirt and sweating. You know? I know,
0: yesterday I went for a walk around Alexandra Palace with one of my friends and her doggy, and had a lovely sunny afternoon together and now today it's snowing. Madness. And ain't nobody convincing me that global warming anything.
1: Yeah, it's just... <laughs> it's all messed up, man. It's all messed up.
0: It's a 100% a thing.
1: I also, relatively recently... Okay, here's, here's, here's a funny thing that happened to me. Now, this might take some time because it is a proper story but it's going to make you laugh. So, let's do it. Um I recently left my job with the NHS, as you know. I'd and r- um f- a bit of extra work came through and I was like, "Great, I'll do that." And it wasn't extra work, it was uh, I was being a body double stand-in for someone. I've been
0: but- waiting to hear about this. You've been saying, "Oh my god, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you." Tell you can't wait. Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh my god, I'm so ready. So, I'm so ready. So,
1: um I <laughs> So I just remembered the whole story. So I get a thing saying, um, okay, we think you're going to be right for this um, uh, double roll. That's what happens. And then you put ahead for it and sometimes it doesn't work out. Right, Ember?" Yeah. So um, it didn't work out the first time. We've put you forward th- for this thing called this. And, um, you know, uh, we think it'll be fine. And then... They said, sorry, you've been rejected. And I was like, all right, fair enough, whatever, no problem. I'll just get on with something else. And then, three days later, I get it again. Pops up on my phone, um, 10 o'clock in the morning. They call me and they say, hey, we think you'd be great for this. And I was like, oh, that's weird because, you know, a couple of days ago you said... Is this, you
0: sorry, is this with the same company you and I used No, it's before. not. It's with a different company. I, w- I thought so. Mm, yeah. Carry on.
1: So uh, they called me up and say, hey, um, we're filming tomorrow. Uh, We think you'd be great for the role. Come in and get a a, a test right now. Literally right now. Drive to Surrey right now and get a test on our site. And I was like, "Uh, okay. I mean, I've got the time, so screw it. So I go over. I do, what, a one and a half, two hour drive to get there. Stick a thing up my nose. Yeah, you've not got COVID. Okay, that's great. I mean, I didn't know that, but fine. Go back home. And it's only a lateral flow test, which I've got at home, but fine. (laughs) So <laughs> you I've could had, have just done
0: it online, I've, like yeah, over exactly. camera. I've had
1: no information about the role, right?
0: That happens a lot, you know. Yeah, it does. Because so, they have to protect their information so so dearly. Yeah, yeah they do. That they don't tell. It's very much need to know basis, and then when you do need to know, they whack an NDA under your nose.
1: <laughs> exactly. Of course. So, um, I think that's going to come in in a moment. So I drove in Sorry. next morning, woke up early, got up got in, said, um, and wanted about and finally the guy who is at this company also does piece of cake. So cool. the guy, one of the, one of the people is one of the people we met. So I'd met him before and I said, Oh yeah, I yeah, met, met doing heartless Fell, Cool. So he said, Cole, so, um, I realized I didn't tell you anything about this role. So, um, yeah, you're going to be doubling for a drag queen today. Oh, and, I love it, and I was like, "Okay, okay." When you
0: say doubling, that to me suggests nudity. No, no, it wasn't, oh, okay. wasn't nudity.
1: Okay, so when I think of body doubles,
0: I either where... think of a stunt or the actor doesn't want to get naked, so they get someone else in to get yeah. naked. So
1: so um, yeah, so the the drag queen is having a dream sequence where they are a drag queen, so they see themselves performing on stage, and it's like, "Oh, this is what I want to do." so cole Cute. was like cole is very you know pro all this stuff very like yeah cool that's really fun but me i'm like oh oh i've got away i've uh, got to wear uh, a dress in front of uh, loads of people loads and loads of extras and a whole crew and of suddenly filming. learn okay. how to walk I in heels know, I, don't, I don't know how to perform as a drag queen i don't know how to wear heels or or anything so I'm. I was really stressed out. I was bricking it right, and I was just like, "Oh my god, okay." So what I think happened, basically, what had happened was, the other guy, who was the same, looked exactly the same as this person, as the, as the actual drag queen, because they hired a real drag queen to be the drag queen in the in the, in yeah, the yeah. thing. They were the same height, same weight, same everything, and uh, looked exactly like them. So it was great. They were perfect. And then he calls in saying he's got COVID.
0: Right. So then How- they were like, "We need someone else."
1: However, I suspect that they told him that he was to be a drag queen, and then he was like, "Nah, I don't want to do that," because not some people are as forward-thinking as that. But I turned up, um, <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Okay, all right, that's gonna be fun." Uh, okay, so I got a trailer, Amber. I got a friggin' trailer at the um, at the at the film set, which was really funny, and yeah. someone else. I'm not going to reveal that bit because I'll get in trouble. But anyway... Yeah, um, yeah, you have to be
0: very careful about really what you fun, say. Really I would love to know odd. which drag queen, but I know that I can't. So, <laughs> yeah, tell me so when it comes I, out. Anyway,
1: I'm I'm stressing out because, I, I you know, it's not something I'm... I'm quite comfortable with a lot of things. and I thought I would have been more comfortable with it, but I was stressing out, you know? Yeah. So they come in and they bring in some tights and a dress. And I, I do not fit this dress. Oh, I baby do not boy. fit this dress. Um... You're like a bit thick. My, my, <laughs> I mean, the thing is that I'm just like... People won't... At home, I know. I'm surprisingly square up top.
0: Yeah, and you are quite square. I
1: go in a bit, but like, you know, I put on a bit of weight, but my measurements were all exactly right. So they had... All my measurements were right over the last year. Okay, and they've that's not good. actually changed, really, in, well, in the last year. So, um they kind of should have anticipated such an issue. And then they said, oh, by the way, the shoes are also size seven. My feet are like size eight, eight and a half. So it's not going to work. So they put me in this dress and they're trying to put a bra on me. And sorry?
0: You have like eight and a half feet, but you're like five foot three. I'm five foot seven. No, you're not. I'm five foot seven. You're like my height, and I'm five no. foot two. No.
1: Remember when you came round and I stood next to you and actually stopped sh- slouching and stood up straight? Is
0: that what it is? Do you just have terrible. Oh, I ha- know, like, we did have this a conversation. head over you. I I'm have sorry. awful, I'm awful, awful posture. My I'm, memory I'm literally 5'7 You I'm seem sorry, to make but out I'm like horrendously we... short. Hey! I'm like... I still said taller than me. First of all, everyone's taller all... than you.
1: You're a hobbit.
0: Oh, my nickname at school was Bilbo. Obviously. Anyway, um, first of all, I haven't seen you in person in over a year, so give me yeah, give me a break. Fair. And secondly, yeah, in my memories of us, you're pretty eye level to me. Well,
1: that's because in I my start, memories. All the time.
0: Okay. Anyways, fine. So, I, I got just problems, thought, man. Any okay? So you're five foot seven. Mm-hmm. I am
1: five foot. Okay. What? I, I, I am I'm five not. Foot seven. I seven. No, you sound not... so disbelieving.
0: That didn't mean to come across as shady as it did. I'm sorry. I apologize. Well, it Can't... Tell your story, Cole. I'll be good. I'll be good. I'm sorry.
1: Jesus. <laughs> This is a hot subject for me, Amber. God. Oh, my goodness me.
0: Okay. So, you are the definition of average height. Carry I'm on.
1: Not. Average <laughs> height is like five foot nine. I'm five foot seven.
0: Anyway. I'm right, a little so bit me. short.
1: I have no qualms about so that. So, the
0: shoes didn't Jesus. fit. Oh, God. shoes I, didn't, I did, fit. I the didn't fit. I hit a nerve I didn't know existed. They were trying to put a
1: bra on me. And the bra... And again... I'm quite square so they try and put a bra on me it just doesn't fucking go around my shoulders right so they tried two different bras and then they just pulled everything out to its yeah. you know widest bits and then two of them didn't mean I look fucking bad in this dress but they <laughs> they put on like a jacket thing so, so obviously the personals also had you know they had they, they, they had blokey shoulders so, so they had like a puffy thing so it kind of hides yep. the shoulder stuff so it ends up just looking like a kind of 80s jacket so yep. it would have been fine I looked alright in the dress but it did not fucking fit so yeah. i'm sitting there just stressing out um going oh god i've got to go and be a drag queen in front because they've already got a crowd of extras there so i've yeah. got to go be a drag queen in front of a crowd of extras wearing a dress that doesn't fit in shoes that don't fit if a whole crew i've no idea what i'm supposed to be doing i don't know what the act is i don't know if they're singing or, yeah. or, or acting or i don't know pulling rabbits out of hats they could be doing bloody anything i'm stressing right and i've not yeah. dressed as a lady before Okay. Yeah, it's a so new experience. It's, it's Tough, For me, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm as I'm as progressive as they come, but still, even me. But it's, um, I, but I've, I've it's got... still your
0: own experience. Yeah. Have they not
1: fucking done it? So I'm sitting there out. Did they out, make you shave out. and
0: everything? Did they shave your face and everything? Or...
1: Um, no. I, I mean, I already shaved in advance, okay. thinking, well, I'm gonna have to fucking shave, aren't I? Um, because yeah. if they put a beard on you, if they want you to have a beard, they want you to wear a they beard, put, don't they? They'll so put a beard like, in, like yeah. um, they might just put, show up. ready. you know, you've no idea. So I um. I'm sitting here stressing, 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 stressing. And then at the end of the day, well, no, not at the end of the day, about four o'clock, he comes in and says, listen, we can't fit you in the dress. And I'm just like, well, I knew that. You were just going to try and make it work. Yeah, it turns out we can't let it out either because it's the same dress that the the actual actor is going to wear in the thing. So we can't do wow. anything to the dress. So sorry, Cole, but you've come in for no reason. So we're going to send you home. So Cole here got paid a few hundred quid just to turn up, yeah. sit in a booth and I was going to say, you would have got your day rate though. But yeah. yeah, I got my day right and I got I got a day and a half because um, they cancelled it um, in advance. So I got money for going to get the test, money for sitting yep. a day in the trailer, and then yep. half, half a day for the next day. Lush! Easiest yep. cash I've ever made. Just sitting in a, in a booth <laughs> being stressed about having to dress. As in this it is the thing.
0: There are... All- better and better rules coming out now about um, basically wasting an access time because it still can happen um, but yeah you need to have f- there's such thing as a wardrobe fee so if, as far, if you want someone to come in just to see if they work in the clothes and you're then allowed to decide that they don't but you have to pay them for their time so yeah there's all these fees for um, too many recalls is one a wardrobe yeah. fee is another one and then you've got the overtime and when yeah. you and I were extras most of the money came from the overtime the time the day rate wasn't actually that great the day rate the day rate was kind of shite because it was like union minimum and we were extras like i get it but the overtime was constant because we were this. a lot of the times first ones there last ones out you're not going to get the main actors in and have them sitting around while you get the extras ready so we were there earliest and left last but uh, and the the level of uh, we were doing 16 we hour days and the the overtime was was where most of the money came from yeah. quite frankly well the
1: thing was that we um we got there
0: 4:30 yeah
1: maybe 5:30 but we got there 4:30 yeah. um yeah. i remember because um i i would get 2 hours of sleep each night when
0: we were I was there on the was if, if and also we were filming on when we were filming on the trot I was truly concerned about driving because I was driving in and there was one night where it was like yep yeah, 4am I I had only got a few hours sleep and I was like winding down the windows and getting the cold air on my face and yeah. putting on really high, loud music I got lucky because yeah we filmed in Surrey didn't we Yeah. and I, I went to uni um, in Egham I went to Royal Holloway and one of my closest uni friends still lived in the area and there was a day where I messaged him like could I please come and crash at yours Yeah, and because I, I I'm burning out I'm not getting enough sleep and I got to his house and he's, he's one of the my best friends ever man he's just one of the loveliest people and he had like he'd like slow cooked pork and made this lovely dinner for us and I was trying so hard to be social but my eyes weren't opening no, by course. the time I got to him and was fed I was like a wounded child huddled yeah. up on the sofa and he was like dude just go to sleep just go and he, he like got a fold-up bed in, in like a little box room upstairs mm. and i was like thank you so much and just like collapsed because I, I had to get up at three or four well no, i think think that night i didn't have to get up until four because yeah. i was like such a close drive so i yeah. actually got like six hours that oh, night lucky but you Oof. i know but oh i God. fucking needed it because i was driving you got you got the coach in didn't you
1: no no i drove um oh no, fuck for yeah me, you did sorry no, you did yeah, drive yeah, yeah so i tell you what happened with me is that um uh, to, to, for people at home, we were all in prosthetics. That's why yeah, we had we to be there early. So, us yeah. and there were two hundred and fifty extras. And by us, the way, yeah. I did the maths on how much they spent on ears. Yeah. And that is mad because yeah. uh, I will quickly explain this. Right. So we were in. It's out now. Artemis Fowl. You can see us in the film. And um, we get off a big transport. Twenty minutes in, and then like you don't have to watch thing, the rest. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I, it's a great do, film guys it's brilliant it's it, brilliant
1: do you know what do you know what I'm sure it made a lot of young people it lot, got lot like of kids 12 really on Rotten Tomatoes you know what I mean? I'm sure it made a lot of kids really uh, happy I think the reason why people didn't like it is because it, it didn't follow the books much so it doesn't yeah. matter loads of kids anyway. would have loved that film so, so it's great loads of kids love that kind of stuff so um
0: also, look. I need to say. I'm sorry. I need to say something. I think I've said this before. You have to remember, actors just show up and do their job. Yeah. They do you know don't what I mean? They're not. Gonna be they're like. not as part of the creator. So, by the way, today is specifically about filming versus live, yeah. and we'll get more into that. But like, we're, we're
1: edging our way in slowly
0: with movies, especially. You do just stand on stand where you've been told to stand, and you say the lines, or you don't say the lines, or you look through. You. It's very like just do as you're fucking told. You're not. Always there. You're very rarely there yeah. to like contribute to the creative process with big Hollywood movies. And people, that, that's what. People that's not your it. job. People that wasn't our it. job. People- our job was to show up, be made to look however they wanted us to look, and yeah. stand wherever they wanted us to stand. It's not our job to give an opinion. And the was, only time yeah. I did was because one of the like, and apparently she was like one of the art directors, came over to me one day and said, "We're going to make you look different today," and I went. Uh, okay can I just re- point out I'm pretty sure that I'm part of a continuity group yeah. and she went oh are you and went and found out and then came back and said yeah you have to look exactly the same yeah. but apart from that like you, that's, you're you not the there maximum. that's the maximum you're not there to give an opinion you're not there no. to, you're not part of the creative process you're, you're a talking prop
1: I don't think a lot of people get that because you know over the last what actually particularly since the Netflix age everyone becomes kind of a critic really with the advent of the internet but um I don't think people realize how little of a say actors get in any yeah. of this, and also yeah. like the major actors. Like, like, you you see interviews with directors where they they say they say they love working with people like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio or someone because he's For someone sure. who's really involved in the in the filmmaking process from the start. Absolutely. That's what that's what they said about. But like, it takes like a the lot Revenant to and,
0: become a Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. that's and the um,
1: thing. and also you have to you know be as respected as that person but like most of it, the yeah. things you watch people will say people say it's about, about doctor who with jodie Whitaker, right yeah so um people say oh jodie Whitaker's really shit doctor no she's jodie whittaker's fucking great all right what you don't like is how it's been written and directed that's really what's happened and partially the music as well um but you know i've got- been
0: waiting for a chance to bring them up that bring this up this is how i feel about kristen stewart That is the Twilight version. I haven't said that Stewart. She's an incredible actress. If you see her in anything else, in The Runaways, in Still Alice, she is a really fantastic actress.
1: The problem was her character was a pile of shit. You Her know. character
0: was rubbish and it was aimed at 13 year olds so she had to act like an awkward 13 year old exactly. when she was an adult and it just didn't I honestly think don't get me wrong bitch got paid I'm sure she's yeah, fine of course. but I think creatively twi- Twilight yeah that's what it's called yeah. I nearly said something else uh, creatively Twilight did no good for her image no because not at all. it made everyone think that that's all she can offer she's incredible as an actor we've it's, gone off on a spiral mate, you were mate, saying this is
1: fine this is what people. Yeah, yeah. this is what the people want
0: <laughs> this is what this what you fine. want no no are no, you as, not so, so
1: we're talking about um, filming we're talking about live stuff and 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 you know there's different um pressures on you for each of you these were talking things.
0: about the fact that you were driving as well and you yeah. haven't slept so for, go for, on for sorry us, yeah
1: we were recording this film I was getting up so we were doing we're all as elves, so we've all got prosthetic ears. I found out each ear costed two hundred and fifty pounds.
0: I beg your fucking pardon. Yes. yes each ear, that's what they individual. told me in
1: makeup. Each individual ear cost two hundred and fifty quid. It may have been a pair, actually. That might be a lie. But they used the term two hundred and fifty quid. But that was what they were spending a day. Because you can't reuse the ears because they're fucked off. Yeah, you put the glue in you and can't you take reuse the glue them, out. They right? got ripped so, off and everything, yeah. So um, there were 250 extras for the days that we were there. I did, and you did, because we did exactly the same days, I think.
0: I think we did. Um, I think. Yeah. We did
1: 14 days total. Of those 14 days, I think maybe. Which ones had all the extras in?
0: I've just calculated so one day with all the extras is over sixty thousand pounds.
1: Well just two hundred and fifty. One day a pair of ears, at least yeah, sixty grand. So yeah. um
0: there Holy was thousands shit. and thousands
1: and thousands being paid just on our ears not on the rest of our costumes just on our ears every single yeah. day and then the manpower of all these people in makeup putting the ears on so we'd Mate, get in the yeah. reason why we turn up at four thirty was so they could get 250 people into makeup into chairs, those put ears is, on them, yeah do their makeup get them in their costume do their hair and my hair took fucking ages
0: it did I um, remember,
1: yeah and then um you'd go sit and wait um, you know, for when you get called in and then maybe you get called... There were days when we didn't get called in. There was at least one day, a full day, where we didn't get called in once and we just fucking played card games and, and hung out. That
0: was such a fun day, though. I loved that day. Yeah, got we got sleep. paid. We Yeah, we, we were napping in... We had these Actually, little, like, tents, didn't we, with, like, picnic tables and There was them. a big
1: tent and it was the, the only time I got some sleep is because I had this hugely pointed-up Mohican. So I had to lie my head down completely to the side if I wanted to get any kip. <laughs>
0: I got I did alright they kind of put my hair in this weird kind of modern style like Vogue bun thing yeah pl- like... almost
1: like a layer bun but it was on top wasn't it a bit like, yeah.
0: but I could just put my hands on the table and sleep on my forehead and I did yeah <laughs> and then yeah we sat and played cards just waiting just we were just being paid to be ready and available and that day we weren't needed but that's all good so today guys is about the idea is that we're comparing recording versus live so that can be film versus theater that could be recording in the studio versus a gig and we know it's a really big topic so we're going to really get into it and span it over a couple of weeks so get comfy get the kettle on
1: that's partially why we've allowed this preamble to go on is that you know we're doing this this subject over, over a bit of time. so And also, you know. the
0: whole preamble was kind of relevant. I mean, it all, so it's all relevant to the job. So we got some similarities and differences to bring up. Um, just based on what we were just saying, um, let me consult my notes real quick. I feel like it really relates to something we we're about to say. One of the things I prepared to say. So you know how we were just saying... You'd be surprised how, how little the actors, until you reach a certain level in your career, or unless it's like something you wrote yourself, or, you know, with exceptions. But in general, in movies, and the more Hollywood, the more true this is, the actors aren't... It's not about the actors. Yeah. That's what I want to say. It's not about them as much as it is about the director's vision and the director of photography's vision. The DOP is that it does all the things that make it a movie you know that uh, and and nowadays you've got more and more effects you've got more and more green screen and and cgi and all of that whereas in theater the power is still Mm. very much the the creative power i should say is still very much in the actor's hands because in the theater that's in anything live I say this with love and you know you know how much I've gone on about all the other jobs that people do and how valuable they are I don't mean to shit on it but when you go to see something live you go to see the performers And, and light and set and direction all contributes and makes those actors look good thousand percent i'm not saying that's not true but i'm saying that the actors are what you're watching and if an actor in the moment decided to do something a bit differently tonight no one can stop them yep. the show is happening and, and they're in control i remember that someone made one of my teachers at art said made this point he said if for some reason fuck knows who why but if for some reason all the actors made a little huddle before the curtain went up and went guys tonight let's do the whole thing in slow motion. No one could stop them no. because the show must go on, right? They, they'd all get sacked the next day. Obviously. But the show is in the actor's hands. In movies, it, it really it not it like that as much as you would think. That's not to say you shouldn't do prep work and contribute and that the good actors make good f- films even better, but you're just not as high on the list, quite frankly. Mm. Um, so as far as creative input goes it's, the, uh, it, it's very much um, I would mm. argue heavier in theatre which leads me on to my next point and then I'll pause and then come back but my next point was going to be rehearsal time when it comes to theater, you all spend a lot of time in a room together you 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 do a read through you do you talk about your feelings and and you you practice you practice feeling comfortable with each other like you do trust games and and you have this whole creative artsy process that leads yeah, to this yeah. show, arguably because the show is very much about those actors and and that's where the focus is. whereas in cinema. A, again, you couldn't do that with 250 extras. No. Like, you've got too many people and it's too fucking expensive. You, uh, the director is not just thinking about the actors. The director's thinking about every single camera angle and location and what are we going to edit in and what's this going to there's so much to do you need to show up ready to go yeah. now you need that means that if you're working in in film or television you all of that prep work all of the prep work you would if say you've worked in theater and then you get a film job all of the prep work you would have expected to do with the director do at home first. Yeah. Get completely off script. There's not going to be any time to practice holding your script. Absolutely not. Get completely off script. Do all of it. If you're, if you're into movement and animal work and lab and efforts and you know, all of those things, do that yourself in your living room. You need to do so much prep work on your own because that rehearsal time is not going to exist but you still want to do a good job right you want to go in there having made some creative decisions so that you're not just a literal cardboard cutout so yeah, yeah the rehearsal difference is one of the biggest things i would say that is different between theater and film acting
1: yeah th- that that's so interesting um if i feel like it's probably different if you've you know Uh, take a film like the joker where it's all centering around one character one actor for sure or like indie
0: movies where it is about those five people and their emotions like for sure you still need to act well yeah but the more hollywood we're talking the more what i'm saying i think applies
1: i was really interested this kind of filters into i I watched a really good um it's kind of an interview they basically got a load of brilliant really famous directors around a table um, for something like New York Statesman or something, I don't know some big, big media company in America, and they had Quentin right. Tarantino, Danny Boyle, Ridley Scott, the guy who did uh, the Danish Girl, um, all these kind yeah. of really big names, all
0: of, all of the big names, Scor- um, Scorsese, R- all of them.
1: Yeah, all these, yeah, yeah, some of those kind of names. They do, they've done multiple ones as well. So they've done, they've done, done some really, really good ones with loads of different um, directors, and uh, this one particular one, this one guy. Said, okay, I've done this one film that's really weird. I can't remember the film. I can't remember, remember, remember the actual details of it. But he said that with this one, I decided I would just get soap opera actors to come in and do it. And the reason is, he want he it was like he, it was a short process, and he was just trying something different and an in, in individual. Basically, with most actors, he'll talk to them and they'll go they'll give him questions and be like okay why do I feel this and what's weird is with these soap actors he was working with this particular cast who had been in soap operas for like 20 years Mm. and those guys go from just 0 to 10 all the time and so they just get handed a script they read it through remember the lines and then they go why are you doing this and then then they have these big arguments and, 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 and it was so interesting hearing about how different the process is for different actors just yeah yeah just based on the different medium you're in you know so he did a film with these guys and apparently did really well and it was really fun so that's nice isn't it
0: I would argue, yeah, that because of all the things we've just been talking about, I mean, that is very, that's a skill, the way that soap actors work. It's very specific. But I would argue that there's a reason that a lot of the best actors were theatre actors first. And I think it's because with a film, if you started acting in film, you you learn it the film way. Show up, stand on your mark, say your lines, all the things we've just said. Whereas when you start in theatre... Um, you learn, you, you take the directors and, and vocal teachers and things like that. They take the time to really break down the script with you and do all these exercises with you that, that work in your favor and, and ask you difficult questions about why is your character, you know, all of these things, um, and I think that that process, it just teaches you better habits. You know, like, mm. Judy Dench spent years with the RSC before she became, like, a movie actor. And I think that's one of the reasons that she's such a good actor. David yeah. Tennant actually said in an yeah. interview once... Um, i want to do no matter how big i get no matter how because he was doing he was huge he did doctor who jessica Jones. we all know david tennant and how massive he is especially for like the slightly indie tv series i think that's where he yeah. really has struck gold but even he said in the height of all of that in an ideal world i would still do a play a year yeah, yeah. because it keep it will keep me as good as i as and i have become he, he it's where the skills came Shakespeare from all the time Oh he's a phenomenal actor And also fun fact All of the kids From Stranger Things Were theatre actors Oh
1: really So
0: That's um,
1: probably why They're so good really isn't it? It,
0: it, No but that's my whole point So the kid who played Max The ginger girl She was Annie In the Wester In, in Broadway um, Lucas Was a little boy Who played Simba In oh, The really? Lion King Yeah like They are theatre kids And look at their Emotional connection yeah, That they have yeah. When they got put In front of a camera It's phenomenal Phenomenal! So, speaking of
1: um, great stage actors who ended up doing TV and film, I'm not going to say the specific thing, but there's um, something Patrick Stewart did which um, is very close to my heart and a particular kind of set of scenes um, and I'm going to be doing some acting, Amber. Me and a friend of mine have have um, got it into our heads. Something that I've actually always wanted to do. I've always wanted to rewrite the script in a different way to change the context of it. But because of the nature of the scene, uh, it's kind of like an interview scene. Because of the nature of the scene, if you change the context, then it makes sense pretty much wherever you put it in terms of history or sci-fi or wherever. So, yeah, there's a very famous scene that I've always wanted to do. And a friend of mine said, yeah, I would love to do that. And so we're kind of deciding who's going to be which role in the scene, who's going to be the interviewer and who's going to be the interviewee. but I will be doing a bit of that, so that's fun.
0: Woo! Nice, isn't it? That is the thing that all today the- is just all full of teasers. These, we've got uh, like little artistic semis everywhere. Yeah, exactly,
1: artistic semis. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it's totally true. All British stage, stage actors are generally it's in in high demand. You know, when you, when you get to a certain point, you know, think about yeah. how many British villains who were stage actors, have been in American films, you know?
0: Oh, here's a fun question. Here's a fun question. Name for me a British actor that you're kind of mad never showed up in Harry Potter. Because there are loads.
1: Kind of mad. I, mad didn't show like, up you're Like, you're
0: like, why Potter. aren't they? In th- or, like, you would have expected them to show up at some point in Harry Potter. I mean, it's like I Judy guess... Dench never shows up in Harry Potter. Yeah, uh
1: I suppose Serena McKellen. Though Serena McKellen turned down Dumbledore. He Did turned it remember?
0: down, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, of course I knew um, that, yeah. Of
1: course, of course I know. I fucking love
0: Again, 3K. though, another big difference between... I mean, Ian McKellen is like, you know, a founding father of good theatre acting. Mm. And didn't he... Um, and he said that he absolutely loved doing Lord of the Rings, like doing Fellowship. Yeah. But when he did The Hobbit, didn't he break down crying halfway through filming? Do you know about this? Oh, I- Because... It had become so CGI heavy that yeah, so yeah. often he was sat on his own, surrounded by green yes, screens, talking that, to yeah, nothing, he and he burst out crying and said, "This isn't why I became an actor." Mm. Which, oh, such a statement well, what, about what? how far different theatre and film is becoming. You know,
1: what happened in Lord of the Rings was that they built so many sets. So even when, yeah, even when, yeah, they built big sets and small sets. So even when he's standing next to a hobbit. They use perspective to change, to just go, boom, here's the edit, and then upsize upsize and downsize. For instance, uh, the cart scene right at the very start where Frodo jumps onto his cart. um, Yeah. You can see they built a huge cart and a tiny cart that were exactly the same and then they shrunk one down. And so they are sitting next to each other, but they've they've done a bit of camera trickery and um, made it, yeah, it seems small but but in The Hobbit, yeah, he was in front of blue screens Chris screens the whole time. Um yeah. and it, it was it could be of, very um, isolated. It was also one of um Christopher Lee's last roles and he did every oh, single piece Lee. um from a blue screen in London or somewhere or near his home. So he didn't he didn't see any other actors. Um he's only in this one like couple or one or two council scenes um right. and things like that so everything was cg but but christopher lee poor poor guy he was in his 90s he couldn't travel at that point so um but still brilliant you know
0: god i want to be like that i want to be still getting work in my 90s like well, that
1: was the thing i because I, I, obviously serene mckellen and um sir patrick stewart both sirs night night um they had stage careers really good stage careers amazing stage and careers, they had yeah. a bit of film and tv in their youth yeah. but they're, they they thought, they've said it before, that they thought that, you know, they weren't going to be acting when they were at retirement age for normal people, you know. Yeah. But they've had this huge boom where they've played um, these wonderful people in later life, you know. All these big yeah. X-Men films and, and, you know, Lord of the Rings and, and still doing a bit of Star Trek now and then, you know, all that kind of stuff.
0: If I may just be a bit motivational for the actors out there for a second. Um I think that in every career, but especially in our career, we need to remind ourselves that there isn't a ticking clock on our success, okay? I'm 27. I've been acting... In shows, in front of audiences, and in TV and film since I was five, and I'm really not joking, I've still not hit the big time. I'm, I'm still not really... I don't have a cult following. I have a little bit for the film, but that's it. But that doesn't mean that I'm a failure, and that doesn't mean that that success is never going to happen. You know, there are some incredible actors that only really hit the limelight until their 40s, or yeah. even 50s, or 60s. Um, I read this book um, that said that dispelled this age fear that we have with success and he was like and he wasn't even talking about creative work but the typical worker goes until 65 right Mm. so you don't have to have it all worked out by 30. You're barely into your working years. There's yeah. 35 more working years there. Yeah. So just just remind yourselves guys like success doesn't have to come when you're 25 and if it hasn't you're a failure and you should give up. Hmm. Personally, I'm just going to keep going. And Boom. if I'm and if I like and if I st- still just do indie stuff, then you know, I'd be disappointed, but if something further down the line ends up happening and the perfect film or the perfect tour or whatever shows up, then great. I'll be glad i stuck around that's just me right we
1: need a greek mancunian
0: (laughs) sorry the reason i'm laughing you guys (laughs) when cole did that he tried to like hit the table like a judge like i have decided and the ipad that i'm on so that i can see him (laughs) just fell so i heard greek mancunian and then it just looked up at the ceiling like ah, I can't wait to record in person oh, with Oh, it's gonna be lovely. My
1: booth will be ready oh, by then. Not
0: too much longer now. It'll
1: smell of farts and uh, and, and creativity.
0: We've talked <laughs> about film a lot, babe. Should we, have. we um do you wanna get involved with some I mean, recording I, if you stories? Oh
1: god. I Come mean, on, get, contribute for
0: once in your fucking life. We've Come only on.
1: been recording for what, forty five minutes? <laughs>
0: We had a lovely.
1: We had a twenty-minute preamble, mate.
0: I was gonna say. It was yeah, I love how we By were like. Way, do you think just, we'll be able to? Just do you no. think we'll be able to talk for two hours? Yeah, yeah. Fucking obviously, because we, we always have to shut ourselves up. Just
1: quickly, it is proper fucking snowing where I am.
0: Mine's mine's slowed down. It mine's just like gone grey and overcast. Boom, gone down. Really. Yesterday I was in a t-shirt.
1: I t-shirt. Can't get out of it. Okay, so recording and and live. This is a kind of. You know, it's the big dichotomy of um, being in a band. It's 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 that um, absolutely. That's what you are. You're though. I I've always said you know a band should be a live act, but at the same time, um, if you don't record yourselves, you're
0: going to shoot yourself in the foot. And also, it's Surely. a different
1: opportunity. So um, I think I've said before, but you can do things in a studio you just can't do live. And a lot of what people do live is trying to replicate what happens in the studio. A lot of what you do do in the studio is trying to replicate what you do live. That's what's been happening to a lot of of bands more recently, is that you have to tour for ages and then you record an album. Or, you know, usually you don't... um, Well, that's not quite fair. What happens is you write and play loads of songs and then you record your first album. And then the idea is you write your second album you don't play those songs until it's out which we tried to do um but most of the songs we did for the second ep we did had been played live um before we released it actually um partially that's kind of to get your teeth in and Mm. like um you need to find where the problems are so um there's different pressures when you're doing recordings because in a recording, nothing's hidden, you know? Um, you've got to be on it. You've got to do it exactly right. And so, you know, the rule is when you're going to a recording studio, you need to be bloody well rehearsed. You can't get away with, like... Um improving solo on the night or something i mean partly that's the attraction of doing things live is that like for instance a guitar solo you can anything can happen around kind of it, thing. and you can yeah, play around sure. And some, di- some days it works not as well as it might do but some days you hit gold you know that's partially why it's really great to do things live before you go into a studio because then you've ironed out all the creases um and so um it can be tricky and you find that bands who have been playing songs for years that they wrote a certain way for a record don't play it like it was on the record, but it's still how they've always played the song. It's because like six months afterwards, they were like, "What if we do this here and then they've actually changed it and they changed the riff slightly or they've changed this slightly. On the other hand, what happens with uh, a lot of people I know, and I've talked to, talk to people about this is that you have like a number of different ways you do a song. And then when you do a recording, okay, that's the one that's set in stone. Now we do it like that. That's, that's the thing. Um, it, it can be tricky. Usually now in the modern age, you don't play together um, in a recording studio. Um, people seem to not get that, but um, you typically do like a guide track. You're going to do drums first, pretty much. Always do drums first, almost almost every single time, unless you've not got drums. So you do um, guide tracks, guide vocal, guide guitar track, guide bass track, and it doesn't really matter how these sounds necessarily. Um, it's just so the drummer can get his time in and get his expressions right on things and do his fills right. And um, he'll do that to a click track and everyone plays to a click track at the same time. And then you all so go So then... when
0: you record, you do it all at once or do you do it one inch okay, one at a time so or both?
1: We go in on the first day, we do a guy track of... Okay, say we're doing 10 songs. We'll do a guide track of maybe three songs, see if we've got any more guide tracks in us. We don't want to do the whole day of just doing it because you end up doing at least three takes of a guide track anyway. And then by the time we're doing three three times a song, that's bloody knackering. Um, And then the drummer's got to record it all, remember. And you're not bothered about getting the sound right on the guitars and the drums and the bass, uh, guitars and the bass at that point. But the drums, um, yeah, you need to focus on getting the drum sound right and that takes a long time you have to sit there hitting a snare over and over and over again until you get the right um you know snare stuff and you get the room right you get the drums right in the room it's a long process and what happens is we turn up we get up the next day do some guide tracks we could do guide tracks literally the whole day. We plan everything out, what we're going to do. You usually get a big board, actually, and you have a tick off. I've done drums for this song, this song, this song, guitars for this song, this song, this song. That kind of thing. Wow. Have a big, big chart and you do it like that. Um, And it keeps you on like, what do we still have to do? Let's consult the chart. Which box hasn't been ticked yet? That's what you do. And uh, you, you're very used to getting up the next morning And just hearing a kick drum going, and it just wakes you up. And Luke's really good at, like, getting up in the morning and stuff. Because everyone else doesn't have to do anything the next day, except maybe the bass player. So, uh, or maybe the the rhythm guitarist. So, you know, you're used to waking up to, kung, 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 kung. No, it doesn't sound right. No, it doesn't sound right, mate. (laughs) No, hit hit it again. Kung, kung, kung. So that's yeah, that's a lovely, lovely thing to wake up to in the in in the morning of your recording studio time. Um, there's a pressure of being in a recording studio because you have to get it right, you know. Um, you, this is you're spending thousands to be there, thousands to yeah. be there. So yeah. say, and you try and cram the time in, you try and do as much as you can in like a few days, you know. So. You know, if say say if somewhere costs you five hundred quid a day to be there, that's one and a half grand Which is after cheap, three days. By the way. That's cheap. That's, that's cheap for cheap recording, recording studios. Yeah, yeah. um, five hundred pounds a day is very cheap. In the past, we've done it. We recorded at this one studio near Wales. I think it was Pershore or somewhere, um, and it was like a few hundred quid a day. And we ended up doing seven days total, partially because we had a different bass player. By the time we finished recording there, um, that was fun. We did it in two big chunks. And that leads to a funny thing in itself about being rehearsed, knowing your parts. Because Jesus Christ, when you get in there and you found the bass player has done all the bass parts wrong, that's fun, isn't it, Amber?
0: It's a massive waste of your time. Complete
1: waste of fucking time.
0: Is it true that there aren't toilets in there?
1: Aren't toilets?
0: That the recording studios rarely have toilets?
1: Yeah, you shit in a bucket.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, know, swear I, I swear i promise, heard
1: somewhere so the problem you can't have maybe
0: a th- it was just a cheap one that they were using i don't know i had a friend who was in a bad when we were teenagers say they booked a place for like the full 10 hours and they had to get everything done in those 10 hours and there was no toilet they just stayed in there and i was just like wait well, what
1: it depends um i've never been a recording studio with a toilet however without a toilet sorry but um you when there is a toilet once you flush you can't do any work for A few minutes because the toilet's filling up and it's made a big flush sound. And Mm, it's gonna go somewhere. It's gonna make it into the recording somewhere. Maybe they they were just
0: using like a really cheap one that was like (laughs) they were teenagers at the time, you know.
1: There'll be a there'll be an outhouse next door, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It depends. Um but yeah, I mean everything's built on a budget, unless you're friggin' minted. I mean, the place where we did it, the guy owned a Georgian manor house, basically. Um and uh, the recording studio dominated the whole half of. Oh, it was really great. It's a place called Vale Studios. A Guy called Chris runs it, and he's such a nice guy. He's so cool. He's so funny, and um, he owns this big kind of Georgian, big Georgian house. And half of the house is dedicated to space for bands to sleep, and recording space and he's got a really big hallway with a, a, a flight of stairs, spiral stairs to go all the way up, but it goes around. There's a big negative space in the middle, so you can put a mic at the bottom, and they'll get, like, choirs singing from the stairs and stuff. It's really cool. And um, so if we would wanted to do the big um, Led Zeppelin drum sound, put the drum kit at the bottom and then record from the top, you know. I mm. mean, even, even then, we, we did one thing where we had a brick to hold the recording studio door open, because it opens into the hall. So we had a brick holding the door open, and then he'd put mics out in the hall because you get this amazing natural reverb. And then you mix just a little bit in or or, or whatever. And um, yeah, there's so much interesting stuff you could do if you've got the space for it. But most people just don't. So yeah, it totally makes sense. Someone not having a toilet in a recording studio because it's loud and it takes up space, you know. Mm. Um, and all the, all the sundries like going to the bathroom and eating and sleeping. You can't have those
0: performers aren't allowed these things we are put back in our cages and we wait (laughs) so
1: you're paying to be there um and yeah you're rarely playing all at once so you don't get that kind of natural looking at each other there's a thing there's like a musician's look and it's like oh i want you to do this and i'm expressing that with a look and they go i'm registering your look and then they do that and that's the thing that you grow in you grow into each other and you can do. So
0: relevant actually because um Stanislavski is like one of the OG directors who wrote down methods and stuff, and one of his techniques that doesn't get a huge amount of recognition these days because it's not as like provable as other things. He he taught he started he taught he oh, he had so many techniques about like you know emotional memory was something that he wrote down about, and personally I'm not the biggest fan of that, but I, that's a whole thing. Um, ways of ways of immersing yourself into a character, and you know this mm. that the other. One of his techniques is practicing exactly what you were just talking about is practicing like this nonverbal communication yeah. between actors where you literally sit and look at each other and try and literally use the force to get the other person to do what you need them to do because yeah. it's a very real part of performing yeah
1: we do it live all the time it happens all the time um and you have to learn each other's cues and you have to learn each other's um, yeah ways of communicating. And you know what? It's key with drummers. And it's one of the big things about drummers um, because there, there can be people who can physically play really well. If they can't do that, you can't be in a band with them. Actually can't be in a band with them. doesn't work. Um, yeah. And that's really weird. I mean, I've, I've known blind drummers as well. There's so a blind, blind drummer is actually really good. So you can't do that. You can't physically do that. And so um, actually he was really good. He's really good at picking up because he's listening all the time he has to listen all the time because yeah. that's his main sense he's really yeah. good at picking up inflections on what people are doing that are sonic but below the radar of what you're doing yeah, do you know for what I mean? sure. so he was really good at that kind of stuff but you did have to really talk it through with him about um how many bars you're doing your stuff because
0: you can't look at each other or you not. Can't do, do you know what i mean what I yeah me and luke yeah. do that
1: you know nathan and luke do that um you know whatever basis we have we'll, we'll do that and it's key with a drummer it is also key yeah, with everyone course. else but but with a drummer it's so important that's incredible um, i've
0: never considered that yeah. oh my gosh yeah on it's a, a similar topic actually thing. the r the r&d that we did okay so s- this gives away a little bit but um we did it's it the production is going to be a macbeth with the gender swap yeah so i was playing banquo and the girl playing macbeth um, but as a Lady Macbeth, we did we created this whole matriarchal society. So, it was sick.
1: Lady Macbeth so, is playing the is role Macbeth, of the head Lady of the household. Mac- Macbeth. Lady
0: Macbeth does is this a dagger I see before me yeah. kind and of so thing, Macbeth, right? Macbeth
1: or whoever Mr. is Lord Macbeth, Macbeth is, yeah, is out is, spot. Yeah,
0: exactly. So I was playing Banquo, and. Um, it's one thing when you know lines, because they're your lines and what to do. But you have to remember, an R&D is a really short process. And Banquo's the one who shows up as a ghost, right? And Macbeth freaks out. Don't shake your gory locks at me. All of that. Now, in that scene, there were points where she was supposed to be telling me to leave and I didn't. And I look her in the eye like, you fucking traitor. But then there's also a point where I actually do have to leave. And I wasn't 100% sure when it was, quite frankly. And we're doing the performance and it's being recorded. And I knew we'd been directed, that there was a point where she got right up. We had we had visors on. She got really close to me and was like yelling in my face. And the idea is I hold her gaze. Yeah, and I knew there was a way that her face changed when she looked at me that meant, babe, this is the bit where you actually go. <laughs> so nice. I, I don't know how, I can't explain it, but there was just a slight change in, her, in the eye contact and like the little like... Almost like her eyebrows nodded. Like now, now is when you leave. Mm. Um, yeah, and we didn't plan that. But I'm just stood there thinking, I'm supposed to hold my ground. I'm supposed to scare you. I'm this ghost. I'm this symbol of your guilt. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look into your fucking soul, you traitor bitch. And like then, I, I and I'm just holding that. And then there's a point where I was like, oh okay, I leave now. Okay, cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it is that thing. It's that thing, and um it doesn't happen once you've got things set in stone. It doesn't happen as much. But um, then you're just kind of relying on each other. But like when you're still kind of working songs through and like, OK, we're going to go into a section at this point and I'm going to that's where the section is. And you can see that I'm moving my face in a weird way. But, yeah. um, you know, uh, yes, yeah, subtle communication is, is a huge deal. And it it's a part of about there's a the thing about band chemistry and that's why you have to hire the right people. Because if you can't get that chemistry with someone, it's just not going to work. You're doomed. And there's yeah. so many examples, um, where that happens instantly, instantly. Um, uh, and with actors as well, you know, that, that, that thing, that thing happens. There was a wonderful, um, interview with Gene Wilder. I saw who we've talked about before and said, um, cause he worked with Richard Pryor so much and mm. they didn't socialize much outside of work, but instantly they had this chemistry um and um gene wilder put it in that um you know when you find someone attractive and um you know it doesn't really necessarily matter if they're the most beautiful person in the room or their personality matches yours in terms of like what they like and dislike some somehow you just find them attractive you know and he said he said it was like that with richard Pryor. it didn't matter so again
0: This links to the Stanislavski thing I was talking about. So the teacher, so basically my, one of my like big, one of my biggest mentors, he taught me for 10 years. Um, he did a book on Stanislavski practical techniques and I did some exercises and they took photos for the book, right? So in one of them, he said, so when he's explaining this, this nonverbal communication, the way that he made it make sense, he said, he said, this is how first kisses happen. And I remember thinking, "Oh my God, you're right!" Because when you want to kiss someone, yeah. you don't talk about it. You're just staring at them, going, "Oh my God, kiss me, 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 kiss me." We're kissing! <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like, "You're totally right." So yeah, the way that you, the fact that you compared it to attraction, yeah. that's exactly how, well, that's how my Marta teacher said. compared it. But it, it is yeah. it's
1: totally right. It's the same. Um, there's a, chemi- there's levels of communication that are happening all the time that you don't realize are happening unless you've specifically been taught what it how is tap into them, um, yeah. and you just do it and it's a bit like how musicians do things without knowing the theory of doing things you know there's mm. just things in your brain that are there
0: also just quickly what you were saying about chemistry you know again big movies that have the budget they will do a whole series of auditions based around chemistry so let's say it's a love, a love story I think we've talked about this before with Dirty Dancing so you've got it down to three girls to be the main lady and three guys to be the main guy or vice versa whatever you know the three finalists to have the main romantic parts they then spend a day pairing them up and in different orders yeah. because if they don't have that chemistry if you don't enjoy watching them together the whole thing yeah, yeah, is gonna yeah. crumble so yeah there we Aww. go that was a lot of common nice. ground we found there i liked yeah, that yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, check us that. out
1: it's good that right I, I mean we can we can close this up and then we're gonna do some next week um i've got more to to say but that's i've, that's the point I've of still the subject, got things on my list yeah, to got, go on yeah on my list.
0: yeah all oh gosh and we've got we, yeah so Thanks so much for listening, yeah. you guys. Uh, join us again next week. We'll keep going into this. There's a lot to talk about, obviously. Absolutely. Um, find us on all the socials uh, Riffs and Scripts Pod, Riffs and Scripts at gmail.com, all, all of the that. stuff. All of that. Um, until next week, we'll see you then.
1: Boom. Catch you then.
0: Bye. Bye. One more thing you guys, a fun little announcement, I was a guest on another podcast called The Stagey Place, The Stagey Place is about all the different jobs that go into making theatre not just acting, they talk about producing, set making, all of these different things and I was a guest on an episode that has just been released, it's the episode for Wednesday the 14th, so yesterday if you're listening to us on our day of release so go and check it out it's in all the usual places thanks you guys